Luke? Eli? Did we risk it all for the pod? Uh, I, I'm actually dead. I died from corona complications, and uh, I'm coming, coming here as a ghost. Yeah, this is how committed we are to the pod and to the bit. After months of um, not doing anything, we're back. Feels good to be back. Yeah, it felt nice to watch a movie again. Yeah, that was cool. It's very weird. We're living in a really weird time, all jokes aside. I don't know what it means for like the future of movies. I hope that we can like make them safely and that people like people in the industry aren't risking their health to to make this like to make stuff and entertain people and obviously make money for, for their own ends. I hope that, you know, like movie studios aren't being corporate capitalistic pigs about it and, and you know, treating them with decency. But at the same time, it's weird because like theaters aren't a thing anymore. Not really. Like, I don't think anybody really wants to go to a movie theater. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are open, but I wouldn't want to go to one. I mean, just to be clear for our audience, uh, we were very safe. We did not risk it all for the pod. No. We went to a drive-in uh, of of decent but mixed quality uh, yeah. because we wanted to not go to a movie theater. Yeah. Um, I think, like, if we didn't go to like necessarily a drive-in but if it was one of those you know like outdoor movie things it would have been just as fine because then they would have had like their own speakers and might have been better than the audio quality that we had at the drive-in there and we probably would have been able to see the movie better and it may be more comfortable in the open air just like have people distant be like distant away from each other like you could have like sectioned off like areas where you could contain those groups of people i guess but yeah i mean like you'd think like the distance between cars if they did like a little bit further would have been decent enough for between like groups of people too yeah it, it, it was it's safer for people to be in the car i would think yeah just because because you know like there's less contact that you have with someone else besides people you're in the car with but at the same time it's like more annoying to watch a movie in your car like I don't know if you saw me, but a lot of the time I had my window down because I didn't want it to be like too hot in my car. And I was just like, I was just like sticking my head outside my window, (laughs) trying to get like in a comfortable position so I could like watch the movie, (laughs) not through my windshield. Like, Uh, yeah, I I think at this point we should say that the movie we saw was Tenet. Oh, yeah, that's what we saw. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and speaking of which, uh, you said, you know, you hope the movie industry is treating people well. Uh, Robert Pattinson, who was in this film, uh, caught COVID while filming The Batman. So I think Hollywood is not being responsible is the no. unfortunate answer. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. I hope he does well. I mean, a lot of the people who like who are in the industry who have gotten it have been fine. Yeah, like Tom and, Hanks. Yeah, like, so I, I, I expect him to be fine because all these people seem to be in good health we don't know much about it though i mean much about the after effects and everything right like we're still kind of learning about what it could possibly link to later on in life so i mean like i said i hope everyone is staying safe and 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 keeping it under control but i remember like daniel day kim got it and i heard like an interview with him about like his experience with it and he was like fucking sucks but he like he actually took like hydroxychloroquine and like 
said he like felt a lot better after like treatments of that and it has been feeling great since doing it. Um, but he also was like, yeah, we shouldn't be giving it to like every single person because it's not <laughs> like it's not like for everybody. It's, it's it was something that like already existed. And then I don't know. He explained it like better than I'm doing right now. I don't know. But... I, I I doubt that it helped him. I'm sure like he was doing better because of other reasons. And then coincidentally, he was also taking. I'm sure. Because it is not for this disease. I mean, it was like on the um, the like the Dr. Ken podcast. So, I mean, like he seems they seem like reputable sources, like an actual doctor and then a guy who had it. But who is Dr. Ken? Is he like a Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz doctor? Because they are not reputable doctors. Or is Ken, he like a, a good Ken Jong, the Oh, literal... Ken Jong. Oh, I forgot that yeah. was what his po- I forgot that's what his podcast was called. <laughs> it's not. It's like the oh, it's, not? it's okay. the Joel McHale one. Him and Joel McHale, but I just Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well that's anyway. Okay. Enough of that bullshit. Yeah, but Ken Jong is a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean <laughs> So anyway. Yeah, we saw we saw Tenet uh What'd you th- what'd you think of the of the tenant? Are you a- uh, yeah? So let's. I think just to tell our listeners, we're gonna talk about tenant spoiler free for a little bit, and maybe talk about what the drive-in experience was like a little more as it comes up. And then at a certain point, we're gonna transition into spoilers, so you can keep listening and get a sense of what we thought of tenant. Seeing as we know a lot of you can't get out to see tenant right now, um, and then if you don't care about spoilers or if you've been able to already see it, then you can keep listening. Yeah, check it. So it was definitely a Christopher Nolan movie that I watched for two and a half it, hours. It, it sure was, baby it boy. It sure was. <laughs> uh, it's very him. I think I get it. But then when I think about what happens in the movie, I'm sort of like, what happened? <laughs> like, how did this work? And then I'm like, I guess it works when I try to break it down. But then I'm sort of also like, why did it happen? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I would say I feel like I... I was going to say mostly. I don't know if that's true, though. I feel like I largely understand what happened. But when I was trying to like recall it earlier, there were definitely pieces of it that were like, why did they do this? And how does this work? Right. It is, it is kind of a convoluted movie. It's sort of just like stuff happens in, in a sequence. And then we don't really have time to ruminate about what is going on or like who some people are, how they even know each other, how they're connected. And then stuff continues to happen. There is so much exposition in this i felt like that i was like watching a cutscene of metal gear solid but i wasn't like enthralled by like the exposition because the characters are just not like that interesting there's nothing that really like there's something that's like really quirky about them or they they're kind of like don't have any like personality any of them either but when stuff was happening and it got to like those certain like, you know, those those action sequences and the right, stuff. The big with, set pieces. Yeah, yeah, with the gimmick, I was like, oh, okay. So all of that exposition that was like set up, it was like, I guess this could work like that. And that's a thing. Okay, that's kind of cool. And then continued to watch it while trying to piece it together. But it wasn't like 
it wasn't like a puzzle movie where some of his other like puzzle movies have been where like you're trying to figure out the layers of it everything's kind of straightforward it's just like how does that work and we're not really told that specific on how it works we're just kind of given the idea of what's going on and then we're just and then the the we're actually told in the movie just don't think about it yeah yeah they, <laughs> they say like does your head hurt yet yeah it's it's a movie where i feel like a large percent of the dialogue is exposition like there's not a lot of dialogue that isn't in some way expository yet at the same time i feel like they did a bad job explaining it despite all the talking because they're tr they they try to like give you a reason as to why it works the way it does but if you just like if you just think about it for a second it's like okay they're just going backwards so just apply the same rules of what we all thought like what we already understand of time travel stuff and just it's sequences that are that are backwards and then they try to like overcomplicate it and that's where i think that's where people will get, will get lost but if you just listen to them telling you not to worry about it or don't think too hard about it I think you could just enjoy it and have a good time yeah the movie it feels successful when it's just doing the batshit sequences that pull out all the tricks he's been setting up for you and it's like yeah. okay i'm into watching this this weird this weirdness that you're that you're doing and as i was trying to recount it earlier i kind of became like i was talking myself into being impressed with what this movie is doing even when it's like not a hundred percent successful it's 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 pretty creative. It's pretty inventive. It's it's Christopher Nolan's version of a spy movie. A lot of people have compared it to James Bond, and it does kind of have that feel to it. It's very slick. Uh, I don't think it's his best movie, but I don't think it's his worst movie. I think it was pretty okay. I we I feel like we both went into it having an expectation that it wasn't going to be very good. But I don't think that we had high, like a high hope that this was gonna like blow our minds like we did when I don't know like we saw like you see the Dark Knight when you're in eighth grade and then like you're going to see Inception and you're like this is gonna be amazing right like that's yeah. what I had at least when I saw Inception yeah. I was already going into this being like thoroughly disappointed with everything that he's done after <laughs> rewatching all this stuff like from when I learned more about filmmaking. And then now I'm like, like, oh, okay, like because my expectations were low, um, it actually was better than I was expecting. So I, I did, I did enjoy it. Uh, let's try to talk about what the movie's about in a way that people won't necessarily consider spoilery, because I, I think the marketing is very like, what is Tenet? Is right. it a time travel movie? Not really, but yes, it is. I okay. don't know, maybe. So, so to break it down. So, so John David Washington is Denzel Washington's son. Yeah, that is canonical in, in the film. Yeah. In, in the film and real life. <laughs> I did not know this until last night. Oh, really? So, <laughs> I, because I knew the guy, who, the guy who played, like, I was like, oh, it's the guy from Black Klansman, right? Yeah. I didn't see Black Klansman. But I was I was aware of its existence. Then I like I knew the name, and then when we saw the movie, I heard him talk, 
And I'm like, why is he doing a Denzel Washington impression? <laughs> and then I, I looked at it a little bit more. I was like, oh no, he just sounds like him. Cause like, I think that's just his son maybe. Yeah. And then it turns out that that's correct. Yeah. When I saw black Klansman, I also had to get over the hump of like, why does he sound like Denzel? And it's like, it's cause it's his son. But so but this, for this movie, I was prepared for it. It doesn't really look like him to me. And then I looked at a picture of them and I'm like, well, they do have the same nose, I think, but they don't like share other features that are like similar. Yeah, like when I super like, but I, you can like, you can see the relation. But like, you can, you can see it when they stand. Yeah. When they stand next together, but it's sort of like, I don't know. Cause I don't know. You could look at like you and your parents and then be like, yeah, you're definitely like their kid. I yeah. guess I had, I had to see like his mom. Cause I don't know what his, his mom looks like. I only know what Denzel looks like. So yeah, that was surprising to me. Anyway. Um, yeah, uh, so one quick thing about John David Washington is I, I think like, I don't think he's like the, you know, a, a fantastic actor. I like him. I think he's good, but I do appreciate that he's like kind of a different style of actor than Denzel. Like he's, he's much more like he's doing, he's, he does much more quiet performances. Oh he's yeah. Low key. Uh, so he's clearly not just like, I need to be just like my dad. Like I appreciate that he's got his own kind of school of acting going yeah. on compared to that i respect that he's I, not I doing... like him he's he's kind of he's pretty charismatic even when he's not like even when he's not doing a whole lot i kind of just like looking at the guy well he didn't really have a lot to do in this movie as far as acting wise he kind not of emotionally just... really yeah no, he kind no. of was just reciting stuff he is kind uh, of like a good action star for this though like he is kind of he's kind of got the right vibe for for kind of a spy he movie. feels a little generic and that works here because we just need a guy. So. Yeah, he's literally called the protagonist. You never get a name for him. He is credited as the protagonist. So our protagonist, he's like, I guess he's in the CIA and he like gets recruited to be part of like an organization called Tenet. And they deal with like, not time travel, but time inversion. Yeah. So with, with that, as they break it down, it's like materials and things can be inverted in, in through the like flow of time where they go, like their perception of time is just the other direction. So like it, they just go backwards, whereas we perceive, like everything else can be perceived as going forward. And so there are like people in the future who like sent things backwards to, to like the now. And then the people in the now are using the things that were sent backwards that are inverted because this technology is like not invented in the present yet. And then they like do stuff with it. Like the one example is like if they like invert a bullet and you like, catch that bullet that would that you shot from a from like the gun that was inverted like you're not shooting a bullet you're like getting it back into the gun but like if you got if something like from our that's like going forward in time is like hit by a bullet that's going inverted in time it's like way worse than getting shot normally which i don't understand but i think they said because it has something to do with like radiation or some shit it could be 
I don't remember, but I feel like it's just you're getting a bullet either way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like you just got shot, but whatever. And so he's he's got to figure out who is like behind the bad people who do time travel or do time inversion. And he's but also gotta... who's behind Tenet, the good guys who are trying to use similar methods to stop the bad guys. But are the Tenet did they did the CIA man at the beginning say that Tenet is good, or did he say that like they're it's just like it'll get you in a lot of trouble? I think like I think it's safe to say that like Tenet is the organization that is committed to trying to fix things, and yeah. the bad guys are the ones who are trying to hurt things, and but they're both using this inverted this time inversion technology because like to, to put it spoiler free. Yeah. It, it, this time inversion was invented in the future, but then those objects were sent back to the past. And then there are bad, there's a bad guy who is like receiving those inverted objects like bullets and clearly has some sort of sinister plan. But then Tenet is trying to stop that evil plan from coming to fruition. Exactly. I think, I think that's basically what's going on. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh Tenet is is it's it's interesting how he how Nolan insists like it's not a time travel movie and is like he's kind of right. Like it's not a time travel movie in the sense you might think of it, but like they do travel through time in this film. I think There are sequences in which they he literally goes back like 2 weeks to do something yeah so there is time travel but it's it it's so but it's not instantaneous it's not like right now it's you know it's not like oh it's september 12th and i flip a switch and now i'm on september 1st it's like oh now it's september 12th at 3 37 p.m now it's 3 36 now it's 3 35 you're traveling through time at the normal rate you're just doing it backwards i don't want to like get into spoilers just yet i guess this is this a spoiler can we like explain about how they make it how they make the inversion work um i think we can i think we can leave that alone i think it's like i don't know i can't decide what's a spoiler for this movie or not it's kind of like i'm trying to i want to be as vague as possible at first and i yeah i don't know I think it's safe to say that there are methods by which they are able to invert. Yes. There is, there is a method by which they are able to invert. Yes. And then that method can also revert them. Right. So it's not like they, like you explained, it's not like we're in Back to the Future where we get it to like 88 and then we're just in another time. It's like we have to go backwards to a certain point, like and an ourselves, like we travel there we are just going backwards to that moment and then we are going, we can go back forward again. Yeah. That doesn't happen for a bit in the movie though. So I'm not sure how much we should talk about it. We'll get it to, we'll get into it later, but I just want to clarify how it's not time travel that we know time travel to be already. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's an interesting film in some ways. It is definitely something. See, I think that with 
his like with Inception, right? I'm gonna go back to it there. A lot of the fun in Inception is thinking about how it worked and how the 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 ending of Inception like did it fall down? Like did the top fall? Did it not? And how what the ramifications of that are, or like how the dream layering works. It's a lot of fun to think about it and go through it. Where this one, it's like fun to watch it happen, but it's not really that fun to think about, right? Yeah, there's like, again, without spoiling, there are things by the end that you could try to like get into the nitty gritty and like solve the exact route certain characters took or like, you know, why things happened the exact way they did. But there isn't like a spinning top at the end. Like there is an inception where it's like forcing you like, what do you believe happened? You know? Right. Right. There's no, there's, it's, there's nothing that's really up for anybody's interpretation by the end. It's more about, this is what we're presenting as the dream like gimmick or, or the, the supernatural element of the movie don't think about it like we're gonna give you a lot of information but really just kind of turn your brain off and sit back and it's just it's just there to explain why this weird stuff is happening yeah like when when the protagonist is being told about inversion for the first time by like the scientist you know kind of uh the the you know the Bondy and Q you know the tech guy the 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 what's his name from a uh, like Luther from Batman you know the kind of the tech person who's going to fill our protagonist in on the gimmick of the film right is it Luther from Batman am I right in saying that or who, Lucius who, Fox you mean Lucius Fox not Luther Jesus um, but you know so you know the Lucius Fox esque figure uh, is this uh, this scientist and she she basically tells him like it's instinct. Like, don't think about it too hard. And then she demonstrates, like, you know, she's got some kind of object that she is manipulating backwards and forwards. And it is kind of just, like, it's instinct. Just, like, watch it and just accept it and just, like, get into the rhythm of it and don't try to hurt yourself making sense of it. Speaking of characters, there are, like, a a good amount of characters in this movie that are just introduced and then they we never hear about them again. Like Michael Caine? Like Michael Caine, that scientist lady. Yeah. Um, there is like the the commando guy, like just shows up and don't know who that is until like the very <laughs> until like the very end section of the movie. It's just it, people just come and go in this, and it's really hard to like get a group because like I think that even if if you're gonna do something like that, at least try to make those people have some sort of like quirk to them to make them like kind of likable and memorable where all these people that just come in and out of the movie are just like could be interchanged with each other and i wouldn't tell the difference you know like they have no personality yeah this movie uh the the characters are not the strong suit i think that's the case with like a number of nolan movies but i think this one most of all i don't know i mean from the ones i've seen it's he actually like some of the some of his character stuff is the best part of the movie right like everyone loves the dark knight because everyone loves the joker and what the character of like of that represents it's and even even with the batman even with his batman trilogy it's like people like christian bale's batman they like 
can he does have a personality even even if it's if even if it's like not not like the the best or whatever or or it's sort of bland at sometimes at least like there is a personality there and you kind of like get where he's coming from this again this is because batman is like an established thing so he's like working he's just working off of like someone else's work at that point but even in stuff like interstellar they do have some sort of goal like not goal but like they have a motivation and like a, a reason as to why they act the way they act and do the the things that they're doing in that movie and like and do joke around with each other at certain points as well so it's not all like serious business and gloom and doom when in, in that movie there is like hope in in it like they're all trying to be optimistic at some at, in most of it where this is just like everyone's just very serious all the time except like maybe robert pattinson like cracks a couple jokes i don't like john david washington does have some jokes in there but i always felt like the jokes for him just didn't like they all just fell flat where at least like robert pattinson's landed everybody else is just like no nonsense you know yeah it was uh i don't i think like so he has movies like memento where it's all about like a character and then the other characters are just kind of there for him to interact with but the main character is pretty well drawn and then you know you you have the batman movies where like the joker is a you know a fun character he's not like you don't get a lot of detail on him but that's on purpose but he is a charismatic character and then interstellar and inception it feels like those are movies where the characters are almost like just mouthpieces for the ideas that he's toying with. Like, in, like Inception is often seen as like an allegory for like filmmaking. Like Leonardo DiCaprio in that film has a haircut very similar to one that Nolan has or had at the time. And you can see like, you can see Leo in Inception as like, he's the director and then Ellen Page is the writer and Tom Hardy is the actor because he's the one who, you know, puts on the faces of other people inside the dreams. So you can kind of see it as that, you know, you know, you can kind of see it as that metaphor. And then Interstellar is like, oh, it, it's, the whole movie is about like the universal power of love, believe it or not. And the <laughs> characters are mouthpieces for different viewpoints on that. You know, the connections they're leaving behind, the connections they're leaving to rekindle. So But yeah, like they all have they all have motivation as to why they're doing stuff though, where like in this one it's it's more John David Washington is just like he just picks to do it. He starts doing it because like he's told that he has to and then all these other people just sort of come in and are just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we're part of this too, by the way. They're just like, yeah, sure. Like, like they're just like, like the one dude, I don't know the actor's name or even the character's name um, in the middle of it that like helps them in like the middle section. He just shows up. He's just like, the, Robert Pattinson's like, oh yeah, I know this guy. And he's just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I'm, I'm here now. Yeah. So I, I yeah, it's, it's, there aren't mm-hmm. i think he tries to make uh elizabeth debicki's character a real fleshed out character uh she is the i forget everyone's name immediately upon seeing a film pretty much I think her name Even was during, like cat you may, probably yeah i i couldn't tell you i don't know character names unless She's I've the, seen something a lot. do you want to get in the spoilers now no no, no i think i think i was just gonna say like 
Elizabeth Debicki's character is is put vaguely the wife of the bad guy. The bad yeah. guy is played by Kenneth Branagh. Um, that's who that is. Wait, yeah, I did not recognize him until the credits came up, and I was like, wait, that was Kenneth Branagh. I thought that was an actual Russian person. Yeah, he does an interesting accent. I that didn't. I guess fooled me. I didn't even like. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh yeah, that is Kenneth Branagh. He just got old. <laughs> yeah. He's like not to me a super compelling villain. I don't have to get into like we don't have to get into him in this section, but he's not like super compelling to me. And then Elizabeth Debicki is his wife who like is not necessarily on his side. Um and she gets a lot of motivation and personal character work, a lot of which ends up being like really key to the film in a lot of ways, but to me like to mixed success like 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 you said it's a spy movie so there's got to be like a femme fatale sort of character in there that the the protagonist has got to go after or like have some sort of attachment to so a lot of like his actions like he john david washington is trying to save the world but also needs to save the girl at the same time and the stake is like is her character yeah in, in certain moments of it and at, it's kind of feels forced. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's Christopher Nolan's record on female characters is uh, let's say mixed, to put it kindly. Well, that's because he just lives by the tenet of dudes. <laughs> dudes rock. rock. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Nolan is truly the dudes rock filmmaker, and that's why uh, I love him. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Debicki in this film, I appreciate, I'll say what I appreciate is that she is not like sexualized to a high degree. Like she's a beautiful woman, but it's not like she is sexualized within the film very much. Um, and I also appreciate that like, she is probably the character he put the most work into, like as a, as a person like as trying to create a fleshed out human being to fill space in the film. So I appreciate that, but I do wish she had like more to do. I wonder she if doesn't he was get like enough. She doesn't get a lot of, she, yeah, she doesn't get to be part of the action in as big a way as I hoped. I wonder if he was like, people say I don't write girls. Well, uh, I'll show you. And then wrote this. And like, that sounds plausible to me. <laughs> like well you, you 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 really don't write girls well at all <laughs> but you know in fairness she is more fleshed out than most of the or any of the male characters so can't disagree there i i don't know what to i don't know what to make of it i guess just to talk about the drive-in experience real quick and then i think let's transition to spoilers um and maybe maybe we'll give our our our, our if we have more to say like our, our just opinion on the film before we see into spoilers but the experience was like mixed. It was like we were in your car and we turned the radio pretty high, but you had your window open because it was going to be hot with that. If it was down or if it was uh, closed the whole time. And then the, so the audio was kind of leaking out of the car a little bit. And I've also heard complaints that the movie is just like not mixed correctly, but they complain about that with every Christopher Nolan movie. And I can't decide if like he actually just mixes his movies badly so that you can't hear the dialogue or if people are just like sensitive to it. I can't decide. I can't tell. And then uh, your car window was, was the front, the front window was pretty uh, dirty so that I had to find the right hey, angle fuck to, you, dude. To, to be able to see everything. I definitely missed some lines of dialogue because of the audio situation. 
Yeah, it was. I don't know that I would like hop back to go to a drive-in again. If, if um, I think there's a reason that 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 format became less common over the years. No, one question for you: Have you do you watch movies with um the closed captions on? Uh, sometimes, usually not. Um, it depends. It really depends on my mood. It depends if I've seen the movie before. It depends like if there's people with strong accents in the film or mm. like sometimes, or even like, like some sci-fi movies. Like I, I rewatched the Phantom Menace the other day. Cause I'm a fucking idiot. And I turned captions on for that. Cause some of the aliens speak in like really racist accents and it's hard to understand what that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> So it depends. Usually I don't like to, um, I like watching foreign movies. And I, when I watch a foreign movie, I watch subtitles, not dub because I like getting the original actors vocal performance. Yeah, of course. Um, and then I'm willing to make the sacrifice of subtitles, but I do find subtitles kind of distracting. So usually See, I, I, don't. I don't. Okay. I, I think that they sometimes like can enhance and, and make a lot of, and should be included on, on all movies. I think my opinion of this changed over time. Yeah. Um, just cause it's more inclusive. Yeah. And it's, it really doesn't ruin like anything. It only really enhances it. And if you really care like that much, if like it's going to be on top of the image, then there could just be like a section of the projection that it's, it's instead of it being over top of the actual image there, there could be like a bar below. Like right the under the image. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it would be just as, it would be just as easy to watch. Um, so if, if my, if my, all my complaints kind of, about drive-ins obviously you like align with what you just described i think like to fix it would either be like like i was saying earlier just have people go outside and sit outside i've done it before like watch the movie outside and yeah a sort of like park setting where mine was actually on the beach but sort of in that setting and i've I've done i've done i've gone to something like that too yeah yeah um it just obviously in this can this environment like just have people spread out and if they leave their little pod, wear a mask, like you're in a car or whatever, and you leave it because you'd have to wear a mask to go to the bathroom and everything. There wasn't like concessions there. You have to bring your own snacks, which was made sense. But um, also kind of like it's very weird because it's like they're running this. And I know that theaters like make all their money in concessions so <laughs> them being like it's a bunch of bullshit uh bring your own concessions here because we're not providing it for you like it's funny to me i don't know it just feels weird yeah i i wonder if there's like a different profit share for this drive-in scenario than there is for a normal like first release movie yeah uh because you know for i think i think it probably depends on the studio and the movie and and the deals but usually a movie theater won't make um, a ton of money off the tickets themselves until the movie's already like, the, the, the longer the movie plays, the more money the theater gets from the tickets basically um, is, is I think how it often works. Uh, Cause I used to work in a movie theater in LA and we, when, when get out came out, I think it played for like 
six months at the movie theater I worked at because people just kept coming to see it because it was so good and so popular and such a cultural moment. And I think like that was good for the theater because, you know, at first the the studio was taking the lion's share of the profit from the tickets. And then over time, uh, I, I think the, the theater took more and more of the share. Um, so I don't know how this is working out for drive-ins or movie theaters or Warner Brothers, I, I don't, Warner Brothers seems to not be thrilled with the money that this is making because uh, they are not sharing daily updates like most movies normally share. Uh, and, and they're kind of keeping their box office numbers um, more hidden than they usually would. It's probably not good, but I wouldn't expect it to be good because not every theater is open. Yeah. And a lot of people again they don't feel comfortable going to a theater um, and having, having worked in a movie theater i wouldn't feel comfortable going to a theater right now because i know how disgusting they are on a regular basis yeah let alone during a pandemic and i don't i don't even trust the big movie theater chains to to adhere by like cdc standard <laughs> yeah so i i think maybe let's uh i don't we don't have to necessarily do a full ranking but let's maybe talk about where this falls for us in the nolan canon uh before we move into spoilers i don't think he's like a great director so like i don't think any of his movies are particularly like mind-blowing they're silly a lot of the time they're this silly in, in like silly. they're silly in the wrong way because they're silly in a sense that he takes them so seriously and i feel like he takes it very like he's making something like important in in terms of action film or, or whatever you want to call his films, like whatever the genre is, he's like, I'm going to make something that's like technically sound and like great and, and visually like awesome. And it's going to be like a high achievement of sim a cinema, but like, it's just so silly because he takes himself so seriously. And I would say that like the most enjoy enjoyable film I I've watched of his is like, I guess the Dark Knight because it has some some like nostalgic um, aspects for me, and also because like it is it is a pretty like fun movie at the end of the day. So I would say this is like somewhere in like the middle of of that pack of like it wasn't awful, but it wasn't the best of what I've seen. So. Yeah, I, I sometimes I really like him as a filmmaker, and sometimes I'm less enthused. I think, I think his best movie so far is Dunkirk. Uh, yeah, which I haven't seen, and I, I, I bet if I watched it, I would believe you. <laughs> yeah, I'm super into Dunkirk. I was like surprised how much I liked it because uh, war movies are like not necessarily my genre, but Dunkirk I thought was just super clever really compelling, really well done. Just I, I very thrilling. I, and the way he plays with time in that is um, fun and not frustrating. Uh, <laughs> and so I guess I, I think I would say Tenet is like, it's not as good as Dunkirk. It's not as good as the dark Knight. Inception is a movie that is like stupid and like not this brilliant work or anything, but it's kind of, it kind of works really well. Like there's kind of, 
it kind of just works as an experience because I rewatched it recently and I kind of don't have any complaints about Inception. I mean, there's flaws in it, but like it's a it's a great experience. That is a solid film. It's just a fun movie. Have you ever seen um, Paprika? No. You should. It's um, basically if it's an anime movie, but if you watch it, you'll be like, oh, so this is where he stole this idea from. Gotcha. Like gotcha. it's it's very much like there. There are literal shots in in Inception that he took from Paprika. Wow. But like, it's it's fun to think about, and it is like a fun concept and fun to play around in, even if the the movie itself is kind of lame and stupid. Um, I would it's, think like, it's not deep, but I don't know that I would right. say it's like it's like it's silly. I don't know that I'd say it's stupid. I think it's just it's doing exactly what it wants to do, and it succeeds as as a heist movie. You know. Right. I would think that uh, if I had to rank from the Nolan movies I've seen, it's probably like it D- Dark Knight, then Inception, then this Tenet, then like Batman Begins, I guess, and then uh, Dark Knight Rises, and then the in, in, Interstellar. What about yeah, the Prestige? Where's that fall? Oh, the Prestige. Uh, I guess the Prestige would be like above this 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 is like on the same tier as the prestige okay. that's what i said like this we, i think i said this last night with you that the prestige is like it's good because it's like a it, it, it's complex magic stuff and like you trying to figure out how they're doing their magic tricks and and that complexity to it is like it's complex for very low stakes right where like they're just trying to be better magicians than each other and then all this all these like layers of like complexity is just like that's like unnecessary but like fun where this is like it's complex for just these huge stakes and if you just like it's very opposite ends of the spectrum where if you try to think about like like the prestige and what it shows you and if you watch it again and like look out for the things when you know how everything is done, then you can like pick up on all the stuff. And that's what's fun about it. Where this is like, if you just don't think about anything in this movie, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, the prestige is one where I wish I liked it more. I kind of don't really like it at all. Um, I I I want to have liked it more. I think there's ways he could have done it that I would have liked it more. So I think I would say like I guess like Memento is better than Tenet. Interstellar is I think like a bad movie, but one that I enjoy the experience of, just the texture, the vibe. I I think it's a lot of fun to watch even though I it's it dumb so as much. shit. It's so it's such a slog and it's so draining and like I just wanted to leave. <laughs> like I just didn't care. I saw that movie 3 times in theaters cuz I just loved watching that shit it's so just space man it's a dude's rock i saw it i saw it um one time in theaters and the person i saw it with loved it and she was like like so about it and i was like what are you talking about (laughs) i was like this is so bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's i think it's bad but i really like watching it I guess I would say like, so Dunkirk is I think his best. And then after that is probably like the Dark Knight, Memento, Inception. Uh, 
Oh, Insomnia is the one that like I keep forgetting exists. Uh, have you seen Insomnia? I didn't even know it was real to run until right now. So yeah, that's a movie. It's it's pretty good actually. So I guess I would rank Insomnia below those, and then after that, like Batman Begins, Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Rises, Rises. Jesus Christ, I'm losing it. Dark uh, Batman Returns is what you're thinking of. Yeah. Which is a great film, like <laughs> a, a film I love. <laughs> uh, and I guess, I guess I would rank Tenet like at the bottom, except I guess I would rank The Prestige below it. Gotcha. Yeah. I so I guess this is like this is towards the bottom of my rankings of his. Uh, that said, I still liked the experience. I want to go see it again, but I'm not going to go to a drive-in i'm gonna wait till i can watch it at home and turn the fucking this is you're right this is a movie where i did wish i had captions while i was watching it right i i think that would enhance it a lot maybe i'll watch it again soon i don't know i don't i don't know (laughs) i'm definitely gonna watch it again but it's gonna be whenever it's on like netflix or i can rent it for like three bucks or something yeah you know i'll wait a little bit and then and then come back and see how i feel as it stands i didn't i didn't hate it oh i definitely didn't hate it i would say it's like this is this is if you're li- if you're wondering if you should like rush out to see it it's like you don't need to rush out to see it if you are in an area where inexplicably you feel like or you know another country perhaps yeah. or you feel like the theaters are safe to go to then i would say like yeah go for it but if you're in most of America, I wouldn't go to a, I wouldn't risk going to a theater for it. And then the drive-in experience is kind of mixed quality. But if that, if like you, if you're into it, like go for it. Yeah, if you want to do something in this time of like trying to either like stay quarantined or at least be socially distant from other people, um, and you really like movies and you want to go back back to the movies, I mean, this is this is something that you can watch and if you again if you don't think about it critically (laughs) you'll have a good time despite feeling like a movie with a lot of brain power behind the science of it it is a turn your brain off movie it really is (laughs) i guess it's time to transition in the spoilers so thanks for listening if if you're stopping here yeah so if you if you want to hear us descent into madness anyway we're about to freak out. We're about to <laughs> yell. So you can stick around for a little bit and maybe get spoiled. But um, yeah, thanks for, if you want to turn it off now, thanks. Follow cool. us on Twitter at FailsOnFilmPod. My Twitter is at StoryPolitics. My, my thing's at Luke Hennigan. So later, nerds. All right, real boys that are listening still. Uh, real <laughs> boys and girls. Luke, what the fuck was this movie about? All right, let me break it down to you. So I think that, that Chris Nolan is the movie the filmmaker version of elon musk right where he everybody thinks he's this really smart guy but he made his money off of exploiting something that was like already happening or already had have happened and then afterwards after he made all of his money just started like doing rich guy shit right oh what if i did him like elon's like oh like what if i just made a car or like what if i made a flamethrower where (laughs) this dude's like all right what if i made a movie about dreams or what if i made a movie about time travel right yeah they're just both idiots and uh i hate them both a lot (laughs) 
<laughs> I would say, yeah, I, I mean, Elon Musk, I guess I used to think was clever, but he's really come out, turned out to be like a jackass, like kind of the worst. And like, that's, I, what, that's what I, I feel about Nolan. Is that and Nolan, uh, I used to think he was like, whoa, he's like this innovative, like amazing filmmaker. And then the more and more I watched him, I was like, oh, he's just a hack. Oh, I don't think I don't think Nolan's a hack. I think he's a very talented guy. But he's not I like. I wish he would take himself less seriously. But he's not like. He doesn't. I feel like he's not. He just makes the same sort of shit over and over again. He's definitely got a style. He's got a you know a house style that he sticks to. And he doesn't. He's like not funny, and he's not witty, <laughs> and he's not like, and he's not as smart as he thinks he is. Yeah, I think I think he's a really good director and I think that he's a good storyteller. And I'm sure he's a lovely I, I think, man. Like I don't hate right. him as a person. Like I hate Elon Musk as a person, but I don't like hate Chris Nolan in that vein. I'm just talking about like his work. As as a dude, he's in an, so I, the movie theater I worked at was in Hollywood and and a lot like I saw a lot of famous people coming in and out on a regular basis including <laughs> wow. including much. Christopher Nolan Brad and much. his uh his wife who's his producer yes. and his kids like he would go to the movies with his family and he would never say a fucking word his wife would always be the one to order concessions while his kids were like you know talking to each other or were doing whatever they would do being normal human children uh and then so at the movie theater I worked at and then they go see Despicable Me too. No, I actually I can't recall what movies I saw them see. But at the movie theater I worked at, before every movie, um, one of us staff would, one of the crew members would like greet everyone in the theater and like introduce what film they were here to see and remind everyone to turn off your cell phones. So kind of like that standard pre-movie ramble that usually is just like part of the video presentation at an AMC or a Regal or whatever. Uh, at this theater, they had us do in person. And so it was kind of, it was, you know, it was, it was a public speaking thing. So you kind of had to be okay with that, which I am. But so that was one of the things I did there. And Christopher Nolan always sits in the very, very front row of the theater. <laughs> to be clear, this is a theater with like a good distance. He between doesn't the... even watch movies right. No, no, no. This is a theater with a good distance between the screen and the first but row. But you never, you never but, go to the front no, row. No, it's not what I would do. But to, if you were going to do it, like this is a theater where it was honestly like reasonable to do it. It wasn't like a terrible angle. But All right. he would sit in the very front and then stare dead at you while you did the greet. And it was very intimidating. And he is a scary man. Maybe he was like casting you in his head. That would be nice. If I would have liked that to happen. Well, but Call like you're me, terrified. Chris. You're terrified of him. So, I mean, you're not going to get the role as a guy who shows up in this movie to explain to John David Washington that um, he's oh, got to go that. back in time and yeah. forward in time to save his girlfriend for some reason. Yeah, so, uh, okay, so this movie... All right, let me break it down for you clowns out there. This is a time travel movie. I don't care what the marketing says. I don't care if, like, the obfuscation of everything in what they present you in the movie. It literally just is time travel, just, like, not the way that we think time travel of, like, again, point A to point B. It's just stuff is moving the opposite direction in time. It's yeah, they just, describe it as reversing the entropy of objects. So instead of uh, instead of dropping a mug and the mug shatters, the shattered pieces come together to form a mug, which is reverse entropy. Right. So 
what do you want me to try to break it down or what what do we how do we want to explain this i mean if you want to go for it like cool it's it's kind of the whole movie is an excuse to string set pieces together and then to show a couple of them again okay so there's and there's going to be parts of this that i don't know (laughs) why this happens but anyway so all right john david washington was in the cia was I don't know what they were doing at the beginning. Oh, they were trying to, um, that, that I kind of do get. Like they were trying to uh, exfiltrate um, an informer that they had uh, who, so basically they're, they're, it's an opera and the opera is attacked, but the attack is a smokescreen to kill this dude who is informing for the CIA. But then John David Washington is a CIA agent who sneaks in to as as a you know masquerading as a uh, whatever country it was police to Ukrainian. rescue the guy yeah or whatever yeah to rescue the guy before the rescue the before the quote unquote rescue operation can kill the guy because the whole thing was a smokescreen to kill this guy they knew was informing and but since he was his informant John David Washington went in to save him but that goes balls up and they get captured and uh, John David Washington is tortured. And uh, he has to take a cyanide capsule rather than speak. Turns out the cyanide capsule was fake. And uh, it, was a, it was kind of a test to see if he would rather die than give up his, his cause. And because he passed that test, he is now inducted into Tenet. He is, is now... The time travel police, kind of. But, like, it's not really explained that he's in Tenet that well. It's just, like, he's got to figure out how to do it. And yeah. then he just is like, I guess I'm figuring out how to do it. Because, the but, yeah, the CIA guy tells him, like, all I have for you is a gesture and a word. And but, the word is ten. at the beginning of the movie, someone shoots him with an inverted bullet. Yes. Shoots at him with an inverted bullet. And he's like, what's going on? So how? Do, who are the people who, who were trying to do this to this guy? So wait, was he shot at with an inverted bullet or was he saved by a guy? Because it turns out, like, someone was shooting at him and then someone saved him and that person turns out to be Robert Pattinson because he has that recognizable, like, dangling, like, uh, like um, metal piece from an orange string on his backpack. That, wait, that, that was reckon- at the beginning? That was, like, that was both later on and at the beginning. Yeah, Robert Pattinson was there at the beginning saving John David Wh- Washington. Wait, wait a Robert minute. Before Robert Pattinson was introduced. Wait a minute. Yeah. I did I some totally reading last that. night to catch. Yeah, I did some reading last night to catch up on what I missed in this film, and I think like I had recognized that, but I had forgotten by the time the end of the movie came around. And this movie fucking blows now because I didn't even know. I like, like, <laughs> you, man. Yeah. So in this film, John David Washington is a CIA agent who is recruited <laughs> by a guy who is recruited by the future version of John David Washington. Oh yeah. Just and ends up aligning <laughs> with Robert Pattinson, another guy who knows about Tenet, but John David Washington doesn't know he knows about Tenet until it later turns out that John David Washington in the future recruits Robert Pattinson to go back and help him in the past. Yeah. So like I said, if you turn your brain off and just watch it, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there is stuff where like, one of the things that was fun was there's a scene where they're trying to infiltrate um, a free port, but is basically like a way for rich people to move their goods in and out of countries, like just at airports, like without having to go through customs, without having to pay taxes. So it's just like a, a confined space where they can go see their objects that haven't been technically imported. 
um, and they have to go pick up stuff that the bad guy hid there. And they end up in this fight with one guy who is fighting both of them at the same time because there's two of him because one of them is moving forward and one of them is inverted and they're both John David Washington in the future. Yeah, that part, I was like, how would the, like, when it happened, I thought that there was like, that's gotta be something, right? Yeah, and I, I, I figured it was, that I figured that John David Washington was fighting himself only because they never showed the guy's face. Right, exactly. Time travel movie, and I was like, oh, the best twist would be he's fighting himself. And then of and course, that's, that's exactly and, what it is. And, but like, at, at a certain point, they have to like, go back to Oslo, which doesn't make, so that's what I wanted to I can't to remember, up. why did they have to go back to Oslo? Exactly, so like, the whole, they go in, like, he's, so he's gotta be the CIA guy. It turns out that the bad guy of this movie is some like Russian dude who, wants to revert like invert the whole world yeah. so like he's he like has like a like the future keeps sending him like messages on how to do it like it's a code on like basically like it's a pieces of an who, algorithm yeah. right like a scientist in the future this is explained like figured out how to do it and was like instead of instead of like how oppenheimer they explain it how like he, he just let the atomic bomb happen after figuring it out like this woman like killed herself and then but like before she did that she scrambled it up on how to do it in like a code that somebody wouldn't like need to break if they were ever going to do it which would be like why do you have to put it in a code why couldn't you just kill yourself and like have nobody <laughs> you know like know the, of the ability to try to do this doesn't matter anyway she that's what like the russian guy kenneth brana is after in order because like he feels slighted by the world for, I guess, I'm sure, but I'm just confused about, like, does, if, if he's going to be, like, if everyone is going to be experiencing the world backwards after he dies, how would that work? Well, like, it would basically just end the world. Like, it probably wouldn't, we actually probably wouldn't see the whole world reverse for the rest of time. Like, it would, like, break the universe. Like, it would, like, break the world to reverse the whole world's entropy hmm. and it would like immediately destroy the world is the thing they're scared of is like because basically it turns out like okay so he's this he's this evil russian the stereotypical evil russian who is super possessive of his wife elizabeth debicki and he, you know at one point he tells her if i can't have you no one can and that's also the attitude he takes to the whole world so he sets it up so that when he dies because he has pancreatic cancer he sets up a dead man's uh, switch on his body or with a watch or whatever. So like when he dies, it'll trigger the algorithm, reverse the entropy of the entire world and end the world. So it ends when he dies. But it's weird because throughout the movie, he's like trying to get the algorithm. Yeah. And, but like when we go, there's a section of the movie that we have to go back like two weeks but he already has the algorithm two weeks yeah. ago. I was lost on that too. I guess there's different pieces of it and I don't know what the, I don't know what happened in this So <laughs> I don't, I don't know if like it was explained that he got the algorithm that went backwards two weeks as well. Yeah, maybe, but maybe it, he got it in the future and then went into the past so he could have all the pieces at the same time. But he past, calls the guy he calls John David Washington later in the movie 
to talk to him like he knows him. So what's going on? <laughs> Wait, when, when was that? At the end of the movie when, like, he's on the, like, so, like, she's on the boat with him. And they're doing the raid at his base where he has the bombs. Right. And they're like, which, again, don't understand the raid at all. Like, that sequence. It was to get one of the pieces of the algorithm. But they had all the pieces. Apparently they didn't. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But that's what it was for. I don't know the logic of how it got there. But it was to retrieve one of the pieces of the algorithm so that when he died they wouldn't be all put together and it wouldn't trigger the invert. But that's, that's why she like killed him before they got out. But she, she wasn't supposed to. Right. But so like, she just was like, she had to just take her gamble. She, she and... had to, she needed him to know that he lost was her thing. It's like, I can't just let you die thinking you won. So she but had she just so kinda... she killed him early. So she could tell him like, we got you. But she just kind of gambled it because if yeah. he died and they didn't do it in time. It, she it, like, it would have been fucked. Like, they yeah, just, whatever. So, like, she just was like, fuck it, I'll just kill this guy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, why did he have to invert himself? Like, Well, he wanted to, because he wanted to kill himself at the specific moment that he was, like, happy in the past, which is, like, back when he and his wife didn't fucking hate each other's guts, and they were on vacation in Vietnam, and they were, like, on a yacht being happy. So he wanted to die in that moment. Okay. So that's sure. why he that's why he went back to where he went back to. Some of the other stuff, I, I'll be honest, I can't track, but I do know that. Like that's when he wanted to die. But he. So here's the thing, right? And they bring this up in the movie: is that if you go backwards in time, you are going to do whatever you're going to do, right? Because like, I went like say I, I did whatever they did like two weeks ago like i went back in time my current self goes back in time to two weeks ago like i'm still like my current version of myself from two weeks ago is still going to do all the same stuff that they did two weeks ago so like that's where i'm confused is that if he's if he wants to go back in time to the moment on like his boat with his wife where he was happy like but what about him like the, the where was him? where was the him he was then? like off on a they they say that like he he had taken off on a helicopter because okay so like at that sequence the future him arrives on the yacht after the present him had taken off on a helicopter to go do something and elizabeth debicki the future elizabeth debicki winds up on the yacht after the then elizabeth debicki had gone off on a smaller boat with her son right to, to fuck off and do some shit because they had and so argument. then they both had to like they were both like lying to each other because they were both pretending to be the present day uh versions of themselves when yeah elizabeth debicki okay knows they're both the future version he only knows he's the future version and thinks she's the current that version tracks. who right. came back from the boat she was on so it's like so she, they're so like he's kind of he's they're both like playing each other but he doesn't know that she's playing him right so the mechanics is like you have to go through this like turnstile thing yeah to be inverted which I kind of, that was kind of I kind of liked that. It's and you kind have of clunky, to like, but I like the imagery. Of you it. have to like the reason the the imagery of like you having to see yourself in that room first is actually cool because it's yeah. like it it lets you 
it basically like guarantees that like it worked that right. if you can see yourself you can see yourself coming out or or going in on the other side but they're yeah. walking backwards which means they're actually coming out so you, you can see yourself leaving on the other side which means you're gonna get out which is right which means so, you're safe to go in so it's that's makes sense to me and that's cool um what doesn't make sense is like elizabeth debicki gets shot uh-huh and then they with have rever- to with an inverted bullet Okay, she gets shot with an inverted bullet. During, which I'll say, a scene I kind of enjoyed, even though I couldn't understand all the dialogue, was the interrogation that is happening both backwards and forwards at the same time on either side of a glass wall. That's a cool idea. But unfathomable. Like, I did not so understand hard to follow. what was happening. Yeah. Because of, like, the of how it was inverted. Like, yeah, like, they took effort into making the dialogue and saying, like, well, this is how it would work. And that's, and I appreciate that. But when you like sit down and watch it, like give me some fucking subtitles. I, that's yeah. where I would want to like understand what is happening. Because it's also Kenneth Branagh's Russian accent is getting in the way, and then there's interference because they're talking over a speaker, and also one version of him is talking backwards. So awful. <laughs> um. So it's a stupid movie. So like, she gets shot with the inverted bullet. They take her through like after being inverted. They take her like back to the regular side, right? Uh huh. Like the forward side, and then she's like, they're like, she's not gonna make. Or doesn't he like grab her and take her through? So they take her. So after she's shot with the inverted bullet, they take her through the turnstile because if she stays moving forward, she's gonna die. And I think part of that has to do with like the radiation of inverted objects. So they invert her so that okay. she won't die right away. And then like once she's kind of been healed up they're able to reinvert her so she's forwards in time again but she it doesn't all totally track it's yeah that part is weird because it's like if she got shot with the inverted bullet she's still being inverted she because she's in the inverse right and then she's got to come she's got to get back to the regular verse from two weeks ago but then she's also got to like i don't understand why staying in the inverse would like keep her i think because of like because if you get shot, you got shot. Like, yeah, but I, I think it's like I think it was like the bullet itself wouldn't necessarily kill her, but the but her being forward and the bullet bullet being inverted, the irradiation of that would kill her. But if they inverted her, it would be like oh, it'd be like she was just shot, which isn't good, but it wasn't as dangerous as it, being shot. In was it confirmed that like the bullet was still in her, or did they get? I the don't bullet? know. <sighs> I don't know. Because if it just went through her, then it's just like yeah let's say let's say that's what happened because and i think it did i think it did go through her because remember you see the hole in the glass with the blood on it well she gets shot twice because we see the what what we see is like is she she he gets shot or the kenneth Bronner shoots her in when he's inverted then he goes and fucks up john david washington in regular time then he goes back through it to be inverted again and then we see him shooter with the inverted part oh god i i can't even i maybe because he does I don't because he does anymore. the interrogation again and we see it through his perspective but i think he only actually shoots her once just one of those times we're seeing it when he's from, from like the correct perspective and one time we're not you know what i mean it's like because we're right? on either side of the glass wall for that so like when we're with him it's when he's doing it and when we're with john david washington it's him on the other side seeing the same incident just from the other direction yeah it's okay. really hard to track it's this movie is fucking hard to track there's a sequence where 
John David Washington has to get inverted to like try to uh, save, like then do like the freeway chase again. And that's, I really like that. Shit. That was a good one because like he <laughs> he's got to like he's driving backwards. Yeah, I like the car chase. It's it's cool. Like a a lot of the set pieces, like the when they do the raid, like when they they had to like shoot it at the same five minute the mark. Temporal pincer movement. Yeah, I love that bullshit. It's such bullshit. That it I- is. It is like fun like we said it was fun to watch and like yeah i liked when like the building reconstructed and then they blew it up again yeah they shoot both halves of it simultaneous it's so i can't even totally track what happened but i liked looking at it it looked pretty the the bottom of it with like an inverted and then the other one shot the top with like so it blew up so it looks like it's reconstructed after it so that he could like shoot it yeah. right because like if you invert it right then it's it's gonna then it's form, there to be shot again so he can shoot it at, yeah. at that time and then it'll come back down jesus so that was like really cool <laughs> like that part was was like dope but like their whole their whole strategy for the inversion is like well it happened for the blue team already like the blue team already did a raid and they're going backwards to do the raid again no like i think the raids are happening at the same time just one of them is moving backwards and one of them is moving forwards but since one of them's going but since the blue team is going backwards the red team had the benefit of knowing what they were going to do before they actually before they went on their own because they were doing it at the same time but one of them was backwards i don't know i can't i can't oh so so okay so because the blue team when they're doing the raid it's like already there and it's they're like they already are at the end of the raid at the beginning right so the end is the beginning is the end right which is kind of what the whole movie does with like the reversals and we see a couple set pieces twice one time forward and then later backward and then the whole movie is like you know it it explains the loop by which john david washington comes to be the tenant dude and it explains the loop by which robert pattinson comes to be recruited in the future to come back to the past so it's like you know one of the things that was funny at the end is like john david washington says like this is the end of a beautiful friendship which is obviously a casablanca reference this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship because for john david washington like they just met but for robert pattinson like this is the last time they'll see each other and both are true just depending on the perspective they're going right because like in the future John David Washington will know that like Robert Pattinson is the the best man for this job because he already saw Robert Pattinson do it. And that's how he knows what his drink order is, you know, his diet Coke order and that he doesn't drink on the job. And that's how he knows what tenant is, you know, John David Washington like explained it to him, but he already knew. And that's why he seemed like he was a step ahead. It's because John David Washington recruited him in the future. And, but I thought like, (sighs) I thought he, he knew after that scene because we saw when like when john david washington had to like wear the mask and go through in oslo the again when like they first showed up at the freeport yeah like it it showed robert pattinson like chasing the the now forward version and not the inverted version right of of john david washington and then like he was like he ripped the mask off so he like he saw the dude's face so i was like oh okay that might be relevant later as to why he knows what the fuck is going on and what like this inversion bullshit is because like 
at first he's in the dark about it. It seems like he's in the dark about it. And then he just like comes through knowing everything. And then it's like, how did he just know everything? And I was like, oh, they might have planted seeds for it. And like he could have, I don't know, maybe saw because he like, saw Michael John Cain David later. Washington. But that's what I was thinking yeah. is like, because he saw John David Washington go through. And I was like, oh, so he like seems like an inverted guy. Maybe he followed up with like Michael Caine somehow. Because like it seems like he's a dude that like again people just appear in this movie for unexplained reasons. So like he just appeared and maybe he could, like knows he's like part of the spy network or whatever. So sure, whatever. Sure, I don't. I I I might be at my limit for being able to like dissect what the fuck to, went to on to comprehend. In this film. Yeah. Um. This bullshit. It is again like we're trying to really understand it, but you'll probably enjoy it more if you don't. Yeah. Um, if you just let it happen. I said before that this movie does remind me a lot of plots of like Metal Gear Solid and trying to like track what happens in that franchise because a lot of stuff happens and it's off the wall batshit bullshit. But what makes Metal Gear Solid charming and interesting is like the characters within it are absolute freaks like they're all weirdos and all (laughs) just like have they're just dripping with like character and this movie lacks that so like yeah like i'm just trying to imagine if like if like robert pattinson was like more flamboyant or something like maybe i mean i'm always he's always charismatic to me i always like watching him you know i think he's the best guy in the movie by far yeah but Jesus, like everybody else is just such a. I I don't even want to hear them talk. <laughs> the the experience kind of reminds me of like remember Primer. Yeah, yeah, like another like a convoluted as shit time travel movie. Like, let's really get into the weeds as deep as we can. Like, you want to feel smart for trying to figure out what's going on, right, but right. like nothing, nothing is gripping. It's just like. At, with primer especially because it's just people in a garage and like <laughs> at least with this movie like there are guns so that's cool <laughs> primer might be like more successful but in what it's i don't know i haven't seen primer in a while but i, I used to like it a lot i like don't want to see that movie it is ever like again really taxing yeah uh this this that is the experience that it reminded this reminded me of the most though it makes yeah. lost look like fucking good night moon but lost is easy lost yeah, isn't lost hard is at all convol- lost really isn't that people convoluted. overcomplicate yeah. that where this like, is most like, of the stuff in lost is pretty explicable this is like trying to like make sense of what happens in this is not rewarding yeah where like i said before in in the prestige at least trying to make sense of what happens is kind of the whole point and is fun because it's like you can watch it again and then you can see stuff you missed before right and it's, and it's great where this is like i don't i don't wanna <laughs> yeah i feel weird saying that i liked this more than the prestige just because like the prestige first one well, i don't know totally why it just doesn't sit with me the way it's supposed to but it's probably more competent than this but i guess i admire this i don't well, know i admire cause that's because all it's doing is trying to like explain a magic trick and yeah and again magic tricks are 
real things that are explainable. I mean, in the prestige, it's more fantastical. Right, and one right. is like they come up with like crazy explanations for how the tricks are working. In right, the like film. one of them is is like way ridiculous, and the other yeah. one's just like that could be how a real magician would do it. But this is just like I had this wacky idea. I I need to explain how it works so that when you watch the set piece, you understand what is going on with it. But really, you could have said anything. And we would have been fine. Like a lot of we, you watch like a Star Wars, and people just like get what's going on there. Like, is this got a laser sword? He's got a laser gun. They just fly in space. Don't think about it. It doesn't matter. Like, just watch it. Where this is like, it it invites you to think about it, then actively tells you not to think about it, but you're still thinking about it anyway, or at least trying to, because you're trying to see if there's something that like you're going to miss or something that like is relevant to it but if you really just listen to what they told you in the movie and just turn your brain off and don't think about it then you're you're gucci you're sitting pretty you'll be fine the the (laughs) one benefit this movie has over say like phantom menace or attack of the clones is like in those movies you can understand everything that's happening and everything that's happening is just stupid as shit and really really boring and terribly done and in this it's like oh i don't understand everything that's happening maybe it's good <laughs> i guess that's a trick that you can you can fool on your so audience I when i saw like the prequels when i was like a child i was like wow these are kind of hard to follow and like a little boring i must just not be mature enough to understand how good <laughs> these are and then like you grow up and you're like oh no those are just some of the worst movies ever made and tenet is like a much better made film than the prequels, obviously. Like there are those really, happy but... mediums with like any sort of art though, right? Where if it's made like even if it's made poorly or if it doesn't make sense, there is still some sort of like some some quality about it that we can appreciate. Like I like we like Star Wars because we know of its like cultural significance in like pop culture and that ha- that has something to play to play into it already even if like it is a mess and but at least like maybe some of the set pieces are fun because we like under we can understand at the end of the day what the whole the whole spiel is about right it's not overly complex it's very straightforward it's a mess but it's fine right like, right. like it's a mess narratively in like stuff of what's going on, but the overall art, like the overall theme of what's happening is fine. Where the substance of this movie is supposed to be about like the exposition and how the mechanics of what you're going to see works and like why that's cool and interesting to show. And I mean, it's cool and interesting to show, definitely, but. I don't really care how it works at the end of the day. <laughs> like, I, tr- I mean, we're, we're both trying to figure it out, but it's not enhancing any of the experience for us. It is just making us crazy. Yeah, this is a movie where, like, it feels very clearly like he strung together, he found ways to string together a bunch of sequences that he planned out and are fun to watch, and then, like, created excuses to then do a couple of those set pieces again. And it's like, the connective string sucks, but each set piece is pretty well done and I liked watching them. And it's like, if you had just made this like 
less up its own fucking ass and just gotten <laughs> to each set piece quicker with less hassle and there was less bullshit about some forged Goya painting that I don't give a shit Oh my shit god, about. yeah. Like, like, I don't give a shit about the forged Goya paintings and the forger called a repo who we never meet. I just, I don't fucking care. Just get to the good stuff and then I would have liked this more. Yeah. Like, you can make a stupid right. movie. Like, like, I love the Mission Impossible movies and it's like, there's some like convoluted like setup for why they need to do the things they do, but they move past it pretty quick to just get to the good sequence. And But like, Mission Impossible like, really- is like- that's like fleshed out though. Like you yeah. know what you're like getting. Like they have like specific technology and stuff in it, and it's like cool. Like yeah. it's like you know you know he's gonna like rip his face off, and that's like awesome. Right, there's gonna <laughs> be a mask, and he's gonna yeah. have to climb the side of a building, and he's gonna have to dive down through something really quietly. You're like, and it's all fine, and it's all good, and they're shot super stylishly, and the sequences in this are really stylish too. But getting to them is a slog, dude. It is. Uh, yeah, and like I liked a lot of this movie, and I want to watch it again, but it probably could have been half an hour shorter pretty easily, and been better. It does feel like kind of like watching video game stuff because it's yeah. like you're getting like they just got to get to like the next level each time, and it's yeah. just gonna get harder for them, but they still manage to, to pull through. And uh, what makes video games engaging is that you're the one doing it, right? Right when you're when you have to like sit back and watch someone else like or watch it happen where when you're not engaged in it it's it's a nightmare <laughs> all right do we have anything else to say about this movie because we've been going for a bit now it feels good to be to be here talking about movies at, at the very least it does it does it was nice to have a new movie to go see record an episode for the first time in half a year I wish my head didn't hurt after thinking about it a lot. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Anyway, I guess we'll get back to you next time we see something we can talk about. Uh, Whatever that'll be. Maybe we'll do the the movie everyone. I don't know. Everyone's talking about. What what movie? I don't know. Whatever whatever movie everyone's talking about. Whatever movie everybody's talking about. See, (laughs) In the future, whatever happens is going to happen. So maybe if we invert ourselves backwards, that's what I want to do at 2020. I just want to invert it back to the start, warn everyone (laughs) that this pandemic may happen and that we should be doing this stuff preemptively and then would make a better future. But... I know that that doesn't happen because it hasn't happened. Right. And that is depressing. So, yeah. uh, (laughs) Tenet, it's the same forwards as backwards. That's my tenet that I... That's the tenet I live by. Um, Yeah. Uh, We'll see, like, what movies get released. We'll see if we can watch them, like, on demand at home. Like, it'd be, like... It'd be nice if there was stuff that they released to watch at home that we could cover. Yeah. That would be, that would be nice. But we'll see. We'll see when we're going to come back. We we missed you guys. We missed doing this. Uh, maybe we will sneak in other bonus little, little, little stuff for you. Stuff that we want to cover. Just like, you know, whatever we feel like doing. And yeah, it'll be fun. All right. Well, it was nice to get back to school. 
Oh, yeah, school's back in session. You got I meant homework. The, I meant fails on film school. Yeah, but, that's yeah, what I'm saying. You got homework but, due on our desk Monday morning. Uh, yeah, explain Tenet to us, please. Read, read chapters one to four <laughs> in uh, the Nolan, Nolan 101 and write a 10-page paper about Tenet on explaining why Michael Caine's in it. Because <laughs> he's in every Nolan movie. That's why. He just wants him to be his dad. And yeah. honestly, who does? I would want him to be my dad. Um. All right. We'll. we'll we're. We're. We're done. We'll I, catch I, you. I'm gonna be thinking about this movie for a while, trying to piece it together. If I enjoyed it, go back and listen to our old episodes, because I'm telling us from the from the future that they're good. <laughs> <laughs> all right We're, we'll we'll try to find stuff to cover at some point whenever we do yep <laughs> and you know uh one of the things that happens in this movie is like he says you know if you make a phone call or write an email that you're leaving it for posterity. So we're leaving this uh, for posterity for John David Washington to come find us um, and let us know uh, that we're, that we're in tenant now. <laughs> right. Or, or to come save us from uh, an assassin. I uh, wonder if that's cool. Like if you figure out everything in this movie and understand it completely, you just are in tenant and then like, <laughs> you can go back and do stuff. And yeah, like be a time cop is a turnstile of the mind, right? My the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. <laughs> uh, all right, Eli, where are you again? Uh, I'm at Story Politics. We did this earlier. I want to just do it again, yeah. In case you forgot, because if you listen to this long, you deserve to hear it again. I'm I'm at Luke Hennigan. We're at Failson Film Pod. We're on all the Johns. If you haven't figured it out already. All right, that's that's enough for class for one day. Class class dismissed. All right, bye 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 kids. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>